Got to start off with the biggest story in the city right now. TFC, the first Canadian team to advance to the MLS championship game. And we don't normally do this, Chris, but during trending topics, we decided to get someone on who is uh, very, uh, well, it's as much of a win for John Bruce today as it is for the soccer team. He's one of the leaders of the youth sector, which are uh, one of the uh, TFC uh, supporters groups. How you doing, Bruce? John, I mean. Not too bad yourself. <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, so, you know, TFC fans have complained that the city doesn't get behind TFC like they do with the, the Jays or the Leafs. Are you feeling the love today? I've honestly been feeling the love all season. We've had great crowds all, all season long, getting about 30,000 consistent or, or 28,000 consistent. And then seeing the 36,000 people that were there last night was just incredible. How loud was that game? It was unreal. Like, yeah. It was the loudest game I've I've been in at BMO Field. A little bit of uh, ringing ears this morning? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this group, uh, your supporters group, has been together even before the TFC was uh, founded. Uh, what does this mean for you? Do you feel your supporters group, do you feel like you've kind of won as well? It definitely feels like it for us. I mean, the, the group was founded as a Toronto Lynx supporter group, and it actually predates me uh, supporting TFC at all, so... I've only been around for about six years with these guys, where the group has lasted much longer than that. So, All right, so where did everybody go to party last night? Uh, we went back to our normal pub afterwards, Joker Cafe. Uh-huh. It's actually, sorry, it's changed its name recently. Yeah, well, isn't that the truth? Like, doesn't that happen all the time, eh? Well, you know, you started with the links, and, you know, you're, now your cafe's changing. <laughs> uh, how important is it that this championship game is going to happen here at BMO Field at home? It's huge. I think it's added a lot of confidence for everybody involved, players and fans. The game, yeah, the game's December uh, 10th. What do you think the atmosphere is, is going to be like? I think it's going to be even crazier than it was uh, last night. It's going to be something that this city, I'm not sure, has ever seen before. Paint a picture of the crazy for us, for the people, John, that weren't there last night. What, what are we looking at? Uh, the supporter section is as packed as it can get. Standing room only. Two people to a seat, basically, down near the front and... At the start, we had streamers and smoke the whole game, loud as loud as can be. Can you even hear the calls over you guys? Um, yeah, we can. We can hear most of it. Are you paying attention? Uh, yeah, <laughs> depends on who you ask. John, I really appreciate you joining us today. Uh, you know, congratulations on the on the big win last night. We're looking forward to that big game at BMO Field, December tenth. What do you think the odds of getting tickets are? Uh, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to be really in demand. All right. Well, John, thanks for joining us on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. All right, John Bruce, man with the two first names. He is one of the big supporters for the uh, TFC, and they're moving on to the the big the championship games here in Toronto. This is a really big deal. Yeah, and he's not kidding about two to a seed. It felt like that even when I went to that uh, number one, that first playoff game that they played here in Toronto. And it, it really, basically, it was just find a hole yeah. that's somewhere near where your seats are supposed to be and stand there. That's kind of fun. L- luckily, we did find find out we were right in the right spot, but it really did feel like two to a seat. I like it. I like it a lot. Hey, let's talk about Trump because I haven't spoken about Trump uh, Donald lately. Donald Trump? Uh, well, at least something Trump-related. Uh, you know, the the site, the online site, it's uh, a very right-leaning conservative site. It's called Brett Bart. And, uh, well, Brett Bart is now, uh, they've started this, launched this Twitter campaign against Kellogg's, and uh, the hashtag is dump Kellogg's, how can you uh, call the Kellogg's un-American? I mean, these are the people uh, that spawned this guy. They're great. 
Yeah, labeling. no one's more American than Tony the right? Tiger. I mean, he like he's he reeks of Americana, right? I mean, he's like larger than life. He's like, they're great, put them in ya. Uh, they, they dump Kellogg's is the uh, label that they're branding Twitter with, and they put it at the the top of their online site, and they're labeling them as un-American, calling it a war on conservatism. You know, I'm pretty sure that uh, Toucan Sam is an immigrant. You know what? Good point. And what about Snap, Crackle, and Pop? Those guys, <laughs> there's up, they're up to no good. They're... Don't even get me started on that rooster Cornelius. Did you know that the front... The, he has the, a name? He, the Kellogg's Corn Flakes yeah, Rooster. Cornelius is his name. You learn something that you never need on this show every day, <laughs> but it's good to have it in your back pocket. I'm telling you, Trivia Pursuit. I'm a wizard at so it because I know this stuff. So what yeah, happened? Why, why is Kellogg's on American? Well, listen, they're saying that basically they are one of the advertisers that are pulling their ads from the Brett from Bart Breitbart site. Yeah, Kellogg's decision to uh, blacklist one of the largest conservative media outlets in American in America, they say, is uh, economic uh, censorship of the mainstream conservative political discourse. And that is as un-American as it gets. Now, the Kellogg company is saying in a statement that, you know, it regularly works with media buyers and partners to ensure that their ads do not appear on sites that aren't aligned with their set of values that, you know, that they set forth in their advertising guidelines. And Kellogg says that it won't place ads in the media that encourage offensive behavior to others and where the media is not consistent with their product or corporate image. You know why? I think Tony Tiger says it best. They're great. Right? Anyhow, uh, so look at that. That's very Trump-like to well, give it a hashtag and dump Kellogg's. Well, it, it's funny because I, like, I don't have anything against Breitbart, but... There doesn't seem to be anything more American than, you know, spending your money where you want to. You know, and as a corporation, Kellogg's can do that. Also, yes. as a news agency, Breitbart can say we don't like this corporation, but for hopefully a, a better reason than, hey, they just won't advertise with us. Well, and I think that's the deal, right? And they spin it any way they want, and now they're calling them un-American. Um, this is interesting. I normally do not uh, give uh, kudos to twenty. this hour's 22 minutes. But I have to say, the writers right now and what they're doing with Kelly Leach is absolutely hilarious. Uh, they have put together, it's and it's 2 minutes and 50 seconds, this sketch that they put together, which I love. It's short and sweet. Uh, it is, you know, I know you're a big fan of Stranger Things, the show, Chris, and we all know where I sit on that. I'm not a big fan <laughs> of the show. She doesn't like it. I watched the whole thing. I just thought it was uh, too much hype for very little entertainment value. But anyhow, uh, I'm not 12, so maybe it's different if you're 12. Um, so this hour's 22 minutes decided to do a spoof on uh, Stranger Things, and they used Kelly Leach as the inspiration. And they have Kelly Leach sitting like Eleven did uh, with, you know, the little electrodes all over her head and wires protruding. And she's in a little booth. And uh, the uh, another guy who plays a great—I can't remember his name. He was big in the 90s, uh, the actor that plays uh, the guy with the gray hair. He's the evil dude. Anyhow, he's standing behind uh, a double glass mirror. And they're they're about to use Kelly Leach to interrogate someone on Canadian values. And here's a little clip. In total isolation, a sensory deprivation tank called the Harper government. She's never been around different people. You have nothing to be afraid of, unless, of course, you find out that there's something to be afraid of. All right, so they bring in uh, uh, one of the uh, actors on the show who happens to be brown, and they're going to screen him for uh, Canadian values. Have a listen. Which band is better, Rush 
or Nickelback. Oh, that's easy. Rush. What are these? Those are lights. What kind of lights? Dream lights. They are Christmas lights. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't celebrate Christmas. I mean... Anyhow, she blows up a Tim Hortons coffee cup in front of him sitting on the table. So uh, it's an interesting sketch, but maybe you have to see the visual. If you want to, you can uh, check it out. I tweeted it out at Kelly Catrera on uh, my Twitter feed. Niagara Falls is going to get an amazing new light show. Speaking of Christmas lights, I don't know if you've ever seen the the light show that they do at Niagara Falls. It's, it's beautiful. It's, it's exquisite. And starting today, Falls themselves going to get more exciting. That's because they're getting new LED lights which will make the falls much brighter than the previous uh, spotlights they had. And apparently those spotlights had a bit of a problem cutting through the mist. They- well, that's the thing, because uh, the, the mist does just sort of fill up the whole gorge. And one thing I noticed, I think it was two years ago, I was uh, driving through Niagara Falls and passed by there, and the lights really just light the mist instead of the falls. Well, the upgrade cost $4 million, supposed to transform the falls into a world-renowned multicolored water and light masterpiece. The palette of 1,800 color combinations, thanks to the LED lights. And uh, basically, they say it's going to look pretty spectacular. They'll unveil it tonight at 610. And if you're in the Niagara Falls area, you might want to get down there and check it out. By the way, also tweeted out this week at the Kelly Cutrera uh, Twitter feed. Um, was the mannequin challenge. I don't know if you've seen this. It's going viral. Uh, the one at Niagara Falls that they uh, decided to film during Comic Con racked up oh well, into the hundreds of thousands of, uh, of views. And my favorite thing is watch it till the end because it's, you know, basically the mannequin challenge. People stand still and someone moves around them with, uh, with a, you know, filming with a video camera, with basically a phone. And they have it rolling. And uh, so everybody's kind of like in... Suspended animation, or just they're stopped in their tracks, frozen. Like a mannequin would there be. There you go. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, at the end, there's a big surprise pop culture reference that I thought was very clever. Or else I wouldn't have posted it, because it was like, wah, wah, until you get to the end. So watch it to the end. Uh, bank notes in England. Vegetarians are freaking out over them. They're saying that they don't like the new $5 or five-pound note because uh, they use tallow in it, which is derived from animal fat, like suet. Which oh, you used on. to feed to birds, right? And uh, it's used in the manufacturing of candles and soap. But they're saying, look, it, there's a bit of animal fat in that five-pound note. We don't like it. We don't want to use it. And thank God you don't have to because it's a cashless society. If you don't want to carry the money, you don't have to carry the money. But by the way, if you're a vegetarian and you're thinking, wow, that sucks, our money has it too. Oh, no. What story. are we going to do? Do you remember the uh, big deal uh, last year? During, um, I believe it was during last last year's Stanley Cup playoffs uh, of the uh, Hockey Night in Canada Punjabi broadcast team. One of the one of the uh, guys that calls, mm-hmm. uh, he, he's like a commentator, but he does the whole thing in Punjabi, and it's got a pretty nice, it's pretty pretty decent following. He got pretty excited at an overtime goal by Pittsburgh Penguins center Nick uh, Boniuno. How do I how do I say his name? Bonino. Benino. Benino. Okay. And here's what he sounded like. How 
How awesome is that? I mean, I want all uh, callers to, to, you know, do that so exuberantly. That's better than he shoots his scores. Way better. Anyhow, uh, this gentleman who is based out of Calgary has become the first uh, Punjabi broadcaster to be on Hockey Night. Congratulations, yeah. Mr. Singh. Yeah, Mr. Singh, who does indeed sing as well. <laughs> we heard that there. He made his uh, debut in English hockey broadcast last night with the Leafs and Flames and apparently did a pretty decent job. I didn't see it, but our boss, Nathan Smith, did and said it was great. So there you go.